Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special Christmas edition of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace. Woohoo! Amen. So, Steph, I think we want to go into 2022. With a mindfulness of God being with us, Emmanuel, and a particular word that strikes me is inspiration. We are made fashioned for God, for his indwelling spirit. And most of us, let's face it, our dreams are pretty small when we think of inspirations, when they require sacrifice, and when we don't know what's on the other end of things. But the Bible and our faith is full of stories of people who were big dreamers. And they connected their dreams to God, who spoke to them, and they responded, and amazing things happened. So you've heard of the movie Out of Africa. We're going to switch that up a little bit. We're going to talk about Into Egypt. We've got two really awesome brothers with us. Welcome, Angelo and Dominic Rivera. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Greg. How are you? Very good. You guys, with a band of merry men and women, um, were listening to the Holy Spirit and literally responded in going to Egypt and saw the Holy Spirit move very powerfully. We're going to hear that story tonight. It's going to be a great story. This is going to be the basis of an epic movie, by the way, and book one day. And you can say you heard it here first. So brothers, just for our audience, we know you through Damascus, which is in the center of Ohio, an amazing, alive, filled with the Holy Spirit, Catholic really discipleship formation place that is uh, sending and deploying disciples into the world to really change the world. And uh, we have been blessed to be on that journey. Our son, Joseph, connected down there with Damascus worship. Give us, if you don't mind, just a short beginning of your coming to Christ and embracing Christ, tracing it, if you will, up to present day in Damascus. Yeah, Greg, it was actually pretty incredible. We both had this powerful life-changing encounter with the Lord just days apart. Mm. Um, we were at the very first Encounter Ministries conference, um, myself the first night, Dominic the second. And in those days, there was an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the person of the Holy Spirit that forever changed us. Mm. Um, myself, I was, I was headed away from the Lord um, in a life of sin, and He met me in that place um, and not only gave me this knowledge of how forgiven I was, but also mm. of how loved I was. Mm, beautiful. And it was so overwhelming that I, I couldn't understand it of why he would love me. And so for three hours, I was on my knees sobbing, just why? I, that's all, that was all I could say is just why? Like, why would you love me? Why would you forgive me? And it was that night that really um, showed me what I had been desiring, what I had been searching for. Um, and I experienced the satisfaction of the Lord for the first time, the fulfillment of the Lord in my soul. And after that, I was ruined for anything else. There wasn't anything that would satisfy right. And so um, it just became this this love affair with Jesus. And I've been trying to have more and more of him and give him more and more of myself ever since. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Dominic, what do you have to add? Yeah, for sure. So it was it was an encounter that shortly followed Angelo's about 12 hours apart on a Saturday morning. And for me, what really just stood out from my encounter with the Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit was just this deep love that he had for me. And it wasn't anything really dramatic. Um, I received prayer and the Holy Spirit just came upon me. And the next day, it was really when I noticed the shift of there's, I just remember thinking to myself, there's nothing else I'd rather do than tell 
people about the man I met yesterday mm. of this because he just became so real and he became so alive. And my biggest takeaway, I think that continues to resonate me and continues just to draw me deeper and deeper into mm. him was like Andrew was saying, there was just this unsatiable hunger for anything else except for him. And I was, I wasn't, I want to say like I was in a life of sin. I was definitely praying every day. I was definitely drawing closer to the Lord. But after this moment with Jesus, this hunger immediately like burst forth inside of me and I couldn't get enough of him. Like I had to go anywhere. I had to do anything just so I could have more of him and whatever it took, like I wanted him. And it was this hunger that just continued to draw me deeper and deeper into him. And as I was drawn deeper and deeper into him, I wanted to share him with more and more people. Amazing. How old are you, young men? I'm 24. And 26. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and just give me a portrait of the Rivera family. You live in Columbus, Ohio. And what about siblings? Give me a little portrait here. Yeah. So Ansel's the oldest of six. I'm the second oldest. Then we have four others younger than us. Joseph, who is a senior at Ohio State. Nicholas, who's at Columbus State. Paul, who is a senior Mm. in high school. And my little sister. And then my two amazing parents, Marianne and Angel. And it was such a beautiful upbringing. I think my parents really instilled in us uh, just Mm. the importance of Jesus. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if we're poor. It doesn't matter if we're rich. It doesn't matter if we have presents under the tree. It doesn't matter if, like, my dad, you know, like, whatever it is. Like, Jesus is the most important. And I think the seeds that they instilled in us as children are now bearing so much fruit. I think Mm. it's amazing because four out of our six, four out of the six kids have served or if not are serving in a missionary capacity Mm. in some way. And so just a really beautiful, blessed family. And the Lord, of course, has brought so much healing and so much transformation. But with where everyone's at now, it's amazing to see just all your siblings and parents loving the Lord. So you speak of this great encounter at a place appropriately called Encounter. Stephanie and I right now are matriculating. I'm, she likes that word, don't you? Matriculating. Uh, yes, he overuses Matriculating it, yeah. in the Encounter <laughs> School of Ministry, which is on over 20 dioceses throughout the world. For those of you who want to check out Encounter Ministries. And really, it's about being living and fully operating in the life of the Holy Spirit within uh, the truth of our faith. Um, really being guided by what what Christ revealed for us to follow. And I think that's really key for those who may have experienced these phrases, life in the spirit or even charismatic. The key is what does it mean to be Catholic? And I might even say, what does it mean to be human? That's the question. What did Christ reveal in the fullness of the faith through the magisterium of, of operating in the life of the Holy Spirit? And I, just as a testimony to bolster this, we're willing to bolster your, your faith tonight, folks, all who are listening to believe Jesus was not just, uh, if you will, long ago, and performing the miracles back then. He is alive, he is present, and he's wanting to manifest his power, but too many of us lower the bar too much. And so I'll just give a testimony that certainly through our lives in the Schleter home, but even the last few weeks, we have seen bonafide, verifiable miracles through that context, even through digital means, praying over people, uh, but also in our presence for Christmas, we've shared some of those stories. So anyway, so what what year was it that you guys was had that, this experience? That was, was that the encounter in Ann Arbor at Christ the King? That was the first one back in 2016 um, at St. John Newman Parish. Oh, right, right, right. The very, very first one. Father Sizemore, was he uh, Is he part of it? Yeah. Or he was pastor. Shout out to Father and all our priests. Thank you. So, awesome. all right. So you, you, you both were not at Damascus at the time. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. 
All right, so you made a decision, a life decision, certainly for Jesus, which we know is meant to be lived wherever you go. As we like to say to our kids, revival is wherever you're at. Folks, right now in your home, whatever job you have, revival is wherever you're at. So trace for us then this amazing journey uh, and coming to embrace this journey. What are the steps that led the Riveras to consider going into Egypt? I think it's going to be similar for the both of us, which is such a blessed journey to have and to be able to do it alongside not only someone you love, but a family member, mm-hmm. especially like a brother who's just so close in age. And so the journey is going to be similar. Um, and I'll let Andrew fill in his part. But for me was encounter the Lord, desire to serve him, desire to give my life for him. Went to Damascus, went through the missionary program for two years. And during this time, the Lord really just started giving me a, gr- a greater realization of his heart for other people Mm. of how much he actually desires not just catholics to know him but really the entire world to know him and this journey led me to just considering it being open to going wherever he sends and going wherever Mm. he speaks and i was in the summer finishing up my missionary program and i just started getting all these dreams i started getting like prophetic dreams of myself ministering to Muslims, of myself in the desert, praying for people, seeing people healed, seeing Muslims coming to the Lord. Um, and these prophetic dreams just start speaking to me and resonating with me. And I would read I would read my Bible and just read the book of Revelation, read about the men and the women and the saints who gave their life for the Lord and just started reading the Acts of the Apostles and how they were willing just to give everything for him. And every time I would read this, that like following the summer, my heart was just gripped and stirred Mm. to such a deep level. And I was like, God, like I have to respond to this in some way. How are you calling me to respond? And I remember Anzo and I would just text each other and I would be like, Hey, like I had a dream about us going into Egypt and he would share like a prophetic dream that he had like literally the night before about like a specific temperature degree in Egypt and specific coordinates. And so the Lord was really just bringing us us two together and lining this mission up. And we continue just to pray and seek God's heart about where we're supposed to go and what it's supposed to look like. And I'll let Angel share his side, but that's sort of like my side of really the Lord just speaking through dreams, speaking through prophetic words. How long was that period of the dreams and kind of processing and praying? I would say it started in July of 2020 and continued until like October, November of 2020. Awesome. So, this is just two years ago, really less than two years in uh, chronological time. For yeah. for our audience, okay, so prophetic dreams, just try to unpack that for us a little bit. Um, what does this mean at your age then in your 20s? You've dreamt in your life before. How is it unique and different? What does it mean to have a prophetic dream? Yeah, so I think it's really beautiful that this isn't new. This isn't some wacky stuff, but it's in Acts chapter two. It's actually supposed to follow the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It says, speaking of Jesus in Acts chapter two, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Mm. And so here in the Bible, Jesus promises that prophetic dreams where it really prophetic is just hearing the voice of God. Mm. It's the voice of God speaking to us while we're sleeping and him giving us direction for our lives. And a prophetic dream is simply just being open to God speaking to you while you're physically sleeping and taking that message that he speaks to you as you sleep and applying it to your life. Um, And so really 
it's nothing crazy, but I think it's just a disposition of the heart where it's like, God, if you actually want to speak to me while I'm sleeping, you have permission to do so. Mm. Just like you want to speak to me while I'm awake. So it wasn't like he cracked into like Saul on the road to Damascus, <laughs> if you will, with resistance and stubbornness. You had an eagerness. And I'm just saying for us listeners, I mean, it yeah. seems like there is a authentic sense of, Lord, I love you, increase my love for you, but avail all that my mind, my heart, my faculties for you to make yourself known. You were eager for that. There was a cooperative sense. Exactly. And like when you talk about that longing, we see that really clearly in Song of Songs chapter five, right? Mm-hmm. Where the beloved says, my body was asleep, but my soul lay awake. Mm-hmm. That like the soul right. is awake, learn, yearning and longing for her beloved. And in the times when we're asleep, sometimes that's when the Lord can speak to us most clearly because our body doesn't necessarily get in the way. And our soul is just sitting there receptive, waiting for her lover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think prophetic dreams are a beautiful example of that. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I have to add that um, it's not just that you have these dreams and it's sort of an entertainment value or some kind of just uh, fascination. There was a gravity with this in the way that one may say, should I go to college or should I be a missionary for Damascus? Yeah. And I think that was sort of like my part of the piece when it came to foreign missions. Um, It was really three months after meeting the Lord in March of 2017, right? So, So right after this encounter moment. Um, and I was yearning to give God everything, <clears throat> excuse me, but trying to figure out how to give him everything. Mm. And it was during this period where it was like, okay, Lord, I love you. I want to love you. How does, how does that love look like? And he spoke simply and clearly just um, to spread his name um, around the world, right? Overseas, outside of America, outside of my people group, my language. And for a while, I didn't, wasn't really sure what that looked like, but it was this response to, you've given me everything. You've poured out your life uh, on the cross for me. How can I pour out my life for you? And um, foreign mission was his response of how I could look, return that love to him um, in a wholehearted way um, in order that others might know him, right? In order that others might be with him one day in heaven. Let's take this next step, chapter two, and what uh, right out of the gates, what intrigues me. You're talking about going into the heart of uh, radical Islamic factions. Most of us open the paper, and that's as close as we get. We see the picture, right? Or we read the story. I don't know. Many people will say, I want to go there. Take us then to the next step of what that entailed for you to discern that and respond to it. It was this same um, process of receiving dreams from the Lord. Um, of for me, it was the North African coastline. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing the Lord wanted me to go to North Africa, knowing He was putting a heart in me for North Africa, um, but not exactly knowing where. And so while these dreams were happening, there would be very powerful encounters with the heart of God in intercession in my personal prayer time, mm-hmm. where I would see just visions of vast quantities of people, Muslims with the women with the hijab, men in the robes. And my heart would just break and I would be weeping and weeping without really knowing why, because I didn't have a lot of background with Muslims, hardly any, um, didn't really have any Muslim friends. And it was this supernatural love that was being poured out Mm -hmm. into my heart for Mm -hmm. specific people group that they might be saved, that they might come to know the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, as all of this is happening, this love for these people Um, that I have never met, that I've never known, is being poured out into my heart. Um, I'm at youth group one day, and we're worshiping, and I hear extremely clearly, um, almost loudly, 
the coordinates 2932, 3245, right? And um, the, the location of those coordinates is Egypt. And so after looking it up, I, um, I tell Dom, hey, going to Egypt, we should, we should come. <laughs> Um, tell my friends and they're on board and uh, this is not a game of battleship we're talking about like sitting at your comfortable table with your mocha latte these coordinates are much more consequential but god gives us coordinates doesn't he and he's specific keep going but this is amazing he gives us coordinates for a reason right he doesn't give us coordinates for fun he gives us coordinates because there's people in in that area that would go to hell if Mm. they weren't preached the gospel to right if they weren't to encounter the person of jesus and the, but the Bible is very clear about that, especially in the book of First John. You know, there is only one way to the Father. Anyone who does not confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God um, cannot go to heaven. And so we we see these scripture verses that don't leave us any much room for any side 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 options besides the fact that it's it's heaven or hell um, for all of us, right? And um, so we we were obedient to the coordinates and we um, committed to the Lord to. To make a trip to Egypt, um, and that was um, both nerv- nervous. It, w- it was it made us a little cautious because of the the danger, obviously, right, um, of Muslim extremists and their, the bombings that have been happening. But it was also very exciting because there's something deeply reassuring about knowing that you're stepping into the will of God for your life, to knowing that you're obedient to where He's called you to, and knowing that you're being obedient to what He's asked of you. Um, and that brings such an intimacy that it sort of um, makes everything else um, fade away in the background when when he becomes that close yes. in those moments of obedience. I just need to interrupt you and just ask the question that I know m- many of the female listeners are asking themselves: What did your mom say? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think my mom had been prepared for it a little bit by. Um, our different missionary yeses throughout the years, Dominic with Damascus and myself with moving to inner city Columbus. Um, and so there was, it was like another step um, for her to say yes. A big step. <laughs> That's like jumping across the Grand Canyon, but okay, we'll go yes, a step. Yes. For God, it's <laughs> okay. a step. Continue, continue. Sorry to interrupt. She's a, she's a very faithful woman. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, in her personal prayer, and she, she would tell you this if you asked her, mm-hmm. she's, um, been prepared for this for some time when mm-hmm. we when she was um have, starting to have children she had received the the passage about the mother of seven sons with the Maccabees mm. and for those of you who don't know that passage it's a passage of this mother who encourages her sons in the middle of persecution and martyrdom to remain faithful to the Lord even unto death and to keep his holy laws mm-hmm. and so um, while we were telling her about these things that the Lord had been doing um, she brought that up, right? That like, even though it may seem sudden, um, for her in hindsight, it had been something the Lord had been speaking to her mm. for some time. So beautiful. We got a little background here. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit prevailed upon you, touched your hearts in the seedbed of family, which is so key. Mm. Many commercial folks, I love my family. Us in the midst of our imperfection, my hand high in the air as a father, as a husband, but opening the door for meaningful encounter with Christ. Uh, at the heart of ritual and relationship. Sounds like you guys had that. Your mom was attuned to that, your dad, your family. So tell us the story. I would say it was a really beautiful journey. And we'll tell we'll give glory to God. We'll tell some amazing things that he did. Um, and But we'll also be really honest, I think. I think 
I there was this tendency, at least in my own life, to like sort of romanticize international mm-hmm. missions where it was, okay, we're going to preach the gospel and, you know, all these amazing things are going to happen and it's going to be glorious. Well, well, when we got there, it was actually like quite the opposite. We actually mm-hmm. came face to face with our brokenness, with our humanness, with our weakness, with our flesh, with all our shortcomings. And we came to this deep realization of God I'm actually not conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ, enough to see radical transformation in this area. Mm-hmm. And it was this deep, like, check of humility of, like, coming face to face of, like, God, like, I actually need you. Like, I actually need more of you. I actually mm-hmm. need a greater, deeper love. I need I need a greater boldness. You know, it's not just enough to go to Egypt, but there's actually a boldness within that calling that you need to be able to step out and like in the midst of recognizing, okay, this person could turn me in and this, and these things could happen. There's a greater boldness that you need in the calling, in the going that we came face to face with. Um, and it was this process of crying out for God and then just entering into deep prayer and deep fasting and throughout the entire summit. And that, I think that really laid the foundation for the testimonies that followed, but I, I want to, sh- we're going to, we're going to share like amazing things that God did and we're going to give him praise and glory. But I, I want to, I want to, I want the listeners to know that it wasn't without coming face to face with God. We actually need more of you. We actually need to be on our faces and crying out for your presence, your power, your Holy spirit to transform us. Because if you don't show up, nothing's going to change. If you don't show up, these people aren't going to encounter you. If you don't show up, these people aren't going to be healed. Um, and I would say that for the first month while we were there, that was our process mm-hmm. of just getting on our faces, of fasting, of praying, of crying out for God to transform us. And then we saw our first conversion. And I'll let Angelo share that. Yeah, so it was um, it was this poverty that the Lord drew us to, um, humbled us, um, was re- slowly but surely removing this this pride from our hearts. Um, that we could do it, right? That we had what it took um, and very gently but firmly showing us that we actually had nothing of what it took mm-hmm. to see um, someone turn turn away from their religion, from their culture, from their family um, to isolate themselves um, and become part of this Christian religion. Um, because just for a little bit of background for the listeners, um, two Christian women get kidnapped in Egypt today um, for uh, Muslims that do convert, a lot of times their families will kill them out of the, what they call honor killings. Um, and it is illegal for a Muslim to even enter into a church mm. if they have the Muslim religion on their ID card, even if they do confess Jesus as Lord. Um, and so it's very difficult for these people um, to make a 180 degree turn um, and confess Jesus as Lord and believe him to be the Son of God. And so for us to get to that place, um, of to carry the Lord's presence yes. um, wow. and to know him and to love him. He really had to do a lot of hard work in yes. us. He really had to humble us um, and show us our own poverty. Um, and while that was happening, because um, it's obviously an ongoing process of our entire lives, right? <laughs> yes. um, and then some. The Lord, um, the Lord brought us to this, to this grandmother um, who, unknowst to her, her two daughters and her granddaughter had already been converted by the Lord himself. Mm. Um, though the Lord is, is at work in Egypt. The Lord is at work throughout the middle East. Um, the good shepherd is on the move and he's appearing to many yeah. um, in the form of apparitions um, to draw Muslims to himself. 
And so before we even got on the ground, the Lord had been preparing the way for us. Mm. He had appeared to these two women um, for three days straight and just followed them around um, with a shepherd's crook in his hand, with a hood over his head. Um, the good shepherd was following these Muslim women until they gave their lives to him. Mm. And once they did, they joined a church. Um, but their grandmother hadn't been as fortunate. She hadn't had an encounter with the Lord himself. Mm. And so they invited us over for dinner. We were able to, they showed us beautiful, beautiful hospitality, yes. um, fed us delicious food. And at the end of the dinner, we were able to pray, pray with their, their grandmother. And her shoulder was healed. Mm. Um, the pain in her elbow went away as well. Um, some stomach issues were cleared up. Um, and as Jesus was healing her, she had a simple and childlike realization that he was God. Mm. And so she confessed her life to him. Mm. And started started to follow him right we um got her in contact with a bible um and she immediately had this overwhelming transformation come over her interiorly she felt the heat and the warmth that comes from the presence of god in our souls but her face immediately became beaming mm -hmm. um she was a very um sorrowful and angry woman after her husband had passed away some years before mm -hmm. And when we left her that night, she just couldn't stop smiling. Oh, the joy of the Lord permeated God. her entire being. And it was a total interior and exterior transformation that the Lord had done in her life. Let me pause you a second. That is beautiful. And when you say she was healed in these ways, just for our listeners' sake, um, you were availed to being instruments of God's healing. I'm reading between the lines. But just if you could go into that for a moment of being attuned to a physical need, mindful that our God wants to heal physically, if you will, as a sign or demonstration of his present power that ultimately our hearts are healed. The ultimate healing is intimacy with him. So those two yeah. things, I know you know that, but just filling in that, those spaces, what did that look like? Yeah, so it was really, really beautiful because um, the grandmother's children and grandchildren were there, the Christians, and they're like, we're gonna ask if you can pray for our, our grandmother. And so, they bring the grandmother into the room and they translate because obviously the grandmother doesn't speak English. And they're like, Grandma, these people are Christians. Can they pray for you to get better? Just really childlike, really simple. And the grandmother's like, of course. And we pray because Jesus gives us authority in, in his commissioning of Mark chapter 16, where he says, these signs will accompany those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And yes, God wants to work interiorly. And yes, that is the greatest miracle. But what we've seen and what we saw overseas was the reason why people are open to their hearts being transformed was because they saw a demonstration of the power uh -huh. of God. Mm -hmm. St. Paul talks about to the Corinthian church where he says the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And mm -hmm. I do not come to you with lofty words or explanations or words of wisdom, but I came to you with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that, this is really important, your faith may not rest in the wisdom of man, but actually in the power of God. He was speaking to the church Amen. and saying, so that your faith can actually rest in the experience that you had with the power of God. And we've seen this hundreds of times where we pray for people who don't know the Lord, who don't believe in God, who don't want anything to do with God, but because He touches them physically, they open up interiorly to His love and His goodness. And so we pray in the name of Jesus, Really simple, just all pain be gone. Shoulder be restored, elbow be restored in Jesus' name because his name is the name above every other name. And we just ask her, all right, check it out. 
And after she like checks it out and like moves it around, she recognizes that Jesus himself healed, healed her body, healed her mm-hmm. shoulder, took away her pain and brought restoration. But this is the work of superstars, right? Like only those big televangelists, Rivera family of training and these big experiences and tremendous theology and answer the questions right in Catholic religious ed class. It's just for those rare people, right? You know, funny you say that, Greg, but my Bible <laughs> says in Mark chapter 16, uh, <laughs> those who believe. It doesn't, those who believe. It doesn't say canonized saints. It doesn't say televangelists. It just says those who believe. And I awesome. think there's a beautiful reality that what God's looking for is childlikeness. He's not looking for big people to, you know, really superstar Christianity. He's actually looking for every single believer because the reality is there's every single believer can reach people that no one else can reach. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Continue the story. This may be multi-episodes, but we're going to get in what we can in this episode number one. (laughs) So blessed. By the way, folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. Going into the new year, very excited with the Rivera brothers who went into Egypt. God led them and they're sharing uh, as much as we can of the story of going there and being instruments of God's grace and uh, needing to be humbled all the more when they got there, which is awesome. The core, Lord, I need you. I need you. We need the healing. We need the transformation in our own lives. And this first encounter with a household, really daughters and a and a mom who experienced physical healing that deepened their faith in Jesus. Continue. One highlight that sticks out to me from the trip was we, so we traveled all around Egypt. We went to a couple different cities um, and we went to this city out, just outside of Cairo, which is, I didn't know this before going, one of the most populated cities in the world. It has over 21 million people in it. Wow. And to put it that into context, New York City has about 8 million. Wow. So it's over double the size of New York City. And because of that, there's so much trash, there's so much garbage. And because Christians are persecuted, they're the ones, they're the ones who collect the trash, they're the ones who collect mm-hmm. the garbage and really um, get these nasty, nasty jobs that... Um, on the outside look very disgusting and very dirty. And the Lord, in the midst of this journey of humbling us, actually invited us to go serve um, in this garbage dump community just outside of Cairo with these people, with these Christians. They're Orthodox Christians. And they were started all the way back from St. Mark. So St. Mark, one of the first 12, actually brought the gospel to Egypt. And his, his work, which is just so encouraging and so beautiful, still continues mm. on today. His, the fruit of his ministry still continues on to this day mm. through these Orthodox brothers and sisters. And we went and entered into this Orthodox community. And it was beautiful because we got we're just so welcomed. And the, that was something that I just want to honor the Egyptian people for. They just have a beautiful culture of hospitality and, and welcoming. And I really believe that it's just a hallmark of their characteristics and a beautiful mark of their people. And we got invited into this home of the people that we were working with. So the Lord invited us to work with in and among the trash in and among these garbage dump community. We were getting our feet dirty, hands dirty, whole bodies dirty, just like covered in garbage for like days in a row. And the Lord's like, we're going to teach you humility. And this is one of the ways that I want you to do it. Um, And we get invited into this family's home and the mother of the father that we were working with. So the grandmother of the house had just terrible back pain. She was bedridden. And the only way that she could get out 
and move around was actually through a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So she couldn't walk at all. She was bedridden for months. And we just felt like God wanted to come and invade that little room in the garbage dump community with his power and his presence and with his love. And so we asked the father, we're like, hey, is it okay if we pray for your, for your mom? We mm-hmm. see that God heals in scriptures and we see that God makes the lame walk. And he's like, of course we would love that. And we start praying for her. And the power of God, you can just feel the air shift. The Holy Spirit just comes in and the true, like as the early church fathers would say, the divine energies of the spirit start filling the room and mm-hmm. filling her body. Her legs start shaking under the power of God, like violently, like vibrating, moving back and forth because God is coming into her legs and restoring, strengthening and healing. And it was so beautiful because as we start praying for her, she immediately comes into repentance and just starts saying like, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like just like, because it's not, it's not someone telling you that heaven or hell is real that leads you into repentance it's actually the kindness of god that leads you to repentance she's experiencing this kindness of god through the power of the holy spirit in her body and it's leading her to repentance and so she finished is repenting we actually had to tell her like okay okay like she's and no one told her to repent she that's just like the cry of her heart and we're like all right all right just god hears you god forgives you now let's let's just become aware of what god's doing in your body because he wants to he wants to bring healing and so she quiets down and she just turns into this receptivity and the power of god continues to come upon her body and we're like okay god's moving let's try to test it out and so we we move her out of bed and we support her and then she, her legs are like strengthened and she's walking mm. back forth in this tiny wow. apartment mm. multiple times and she hasn't been able to walk in months yeah. and it was so beautiful because i remember the first time we walked one way and then turned around to where the rest of her family was gathered it was amazing to see the sight so many people like so many of her family members were crying so many of her fa- other family members were like recording it on their phones and then you had this other group of family members that were calling their other yeah. family members that weren't in the room be like grandma's healed or mom is healed or annie's healed come come and come and see come and see and Mm -hmm. it was this beautiful moment where the power of god was displayed and people recognized his love in the room his power in the room and because of that as jesus says he draws all men to himself Mm -hmm. and what jesus did through that demonstration of power was he actually drew an entire family back to himself and i'll let angela share sort of what happened was able to happen after that yeah, it was it was incredible the faith of the of the people, right? So we we had faith for this woman to be healed. We had faith that the Lord wanted her to walk. It's it's hard to see uh, an elderly woman, the the matriarch of an entire family, um, just sitting in bed, and you just you just feel the heart of God for her and know, yeah. you know this this isn't right, and the Lord wants to make it right. Um, but the family's faith, I think, in a lot of ways, superseded ours because they saw that healing and they said, well then let me tell all of my aunts and uncles, my cousins, my friends, um, and get them over here because <laughs> God wants to heal them too. And so we had um, <laughs> a mini healing service, if, I think, <laughs> if you will, of about like, I don't know, 10, 10 to 15 people or so of people the Lord just, um, the Lord wanted to heal. And so their, their relatives came over and it was just a beautiful time <clears throat> of getting to meet their extended family, um, praying with them and letting them know how much God loves them. And so we prayed for a um, whole different host of issues, anywhere from like nearsightedness to back pain um, to knee pain. Um, 
if, if there was an affliction that was happening, they were willing to receive prayer for it mm-hmm. um, and ask for prayer for it, um, which was so beautiful that their faith um, in the power of God was, was already there, right? I think so many times we have to like coach people into believing that God wants to heal them. And they were just um, so eager, eager That's to awesome. be, healed, be healed by the Lord. Um, and we saw that um, when we were ministering to the children in the in the community, we would yeah. go, we would go at night to um, <laughs> to just sort of like hang out after the community of the they call them the the garbage people, the Zebulun mm. um, in Arabic. Um, after they finish their day's work, they just sort of go to this beautiful um, grotto church. It's the biggest church in the Middle East, mm. um, and they just sort of like hang out in the courtyard. Um, and all these people and with their families, they just sort of spend spend time together. Um, they don't watch TV. It's just this entire community gathers together um, mm. and gets to know each other. And so we would go and go up there in the evenings and spend time with them and get to know the, the Orthodox Christians. And there was one moment where this little boy had um, just something slight with his foot. <laughs> it may have been like a bruised ankle or whatever. And we offered to pray, of course. And um, after we laid hands on him, you know, simple words, be healed in Jesus name or whatever. His eyes got so wide. He's like so excited that his mm. ankles and he brings yeah. all of his other little friends, oh, <laughs> that's precious. Eight, five-year-olds. eight or nine year old, uh, little children. And they don't speak English at all. And so we're, pr- we're praying, we're praying the very little Arabic that we know, right? Like, yes, well, Masia is like <laughs> Jesus, the Messiah. <laughs> And so we're saying the little Arabic that we know, um, but the point is getting across, right? Um, and so slowly but surely, there's probably about like 20 little Orthodox Christian kids that got healed Aww. of like their little boo-boos. Um, <laughs> That's so beautiful. Their yes. like fingers getting hurt. And it was just the Lord coming to show. Come on. Little children that he loved them. <laughs> Rivera Hospital descended from on high. People coming in and uh, as Jesus said, the, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead. Go back and tell John what you see. In, in my mind, to some extent, that that is a bit of a measure of us fulfilling our prophetic role as churches. We might even say marriages and families, wherever we're called. Are we seeing the manifestation? A lot of people are saying, you know, why am I just going through the motions to religion Sunday after Sunday? A good friend of ours who's a rocket scientist, very skeptical, very empirical in his mind. Literally a rocket scientist. Literally a rocket scientist. You know, but, uh, you know, in the spirit, and he says, I'm asking what everybody's asking, and it's where's the power? Because if there's no power, what's the point? We're isolated from God if we're thinking that we're all sufficient. You know, in fact, you guys really, the beauty of this is that it began with God making you aware of your need and your poverty. And I would invite our listeners to be mindful that that is a beginning point of truly ordering our appetites rightly to God the Father. What is your appetite right now for relational, emotional, spiritual fulfillment and healing? We all have it. Don't just anesthetize it in entertainment or whatever the case, food, whatever, drugs, sex, you know, online, internet, digital stuff, because that's just such a poor, artificial, yucky, languishing replacement for what he made these for. You guys believe that. You know that. You are li- your lives are transformed. And does the world not need to see people who aren't just professing? it and get it right on an exam, but actually take the step to living it. Let's face it, there's growth here, um, but are taking the steps to live it. So anyways, um, beautiful. Keep going. Just to go along your point, I'm always reminded, people will say, well, are signs and wonders necessary for the work of evangelization? And I just point them to the greatest example. I point them to Jesus. And I say they work for Jesus. 
Jesus didn't make them optional for his ministry, so they mm-hmm. shouldn't be optional for ours. And in John chapter 6, right before he gives the Last Supper discourse, it says, And the multitude followed him, because they saw the signs which he did on those who were diseased. That Jesus actually knew by performing signs and wonders, it would actually lead to the multitude following him. And like I think that's what we saw in that little room was, there was a sign that was performed through the power of God on a woman who was diseased and crippled. And it led to a small little multitude, you could say, coming into that room. And I just think it's so necessary to just go along with your point. And I think, yeah, should we tell them the story about Hamdi? Yeah, I think um, just like in the in the excitement, it can be easy to see that there's um, all these miracles happening um, and the Lord is being glorified. Um, praise God. But the, but the reality is, is like what is what is happening is just a small drop in the bucket um compared to the 60 million souls that are in egypt mm. um thank you for we that. saw a few conversions maybe a handful um and we were able to share the gospel with many but very few actually chose to to surrender their lives to the lord mm. um in comparison and you see that jesus um heals for the multitudes but he gives everyone the chance to truly follow him right to truly give their lives for him yes <clears throat> and so Healings, signs, and wonders aren't the point of the gospel, but they are the point of leading people to Jesus, right? Um, and when it comes to that, it requires um, it requires the entirety of the body, the body of Christ. It's not for a few select people. And so I just want to encourage any listeners out there, if they feel a call towards their neighbor um, who may be a, apart from the Lord or a coworker, I just encourage you to share the love of God that's been poured out into your heart with them um, and to take the next step um in evangelization whatever that might be maybe they have back pain um and just encourage you to pray with them um because it truly is the work of the body of christ yes and um, my brother here is going to share with us about a muslim man who really struggled with that conversion um because he was counting the cost like jesus tells us to Mm. he was counting the cost of losing his job of losing his family and being isolated from his culture and religion um but the Lord was moving in him in signs and wonders. Yeah. And so we actually had a beautiful privilege to go to the Sinai area, the, the land where Moses walked, the land where Moses encountered God on the mountain. We could see Mount Sinai from the place where we slept. And it was just a beautiful, amazing time of being in this really, like, for lack of a better words, holy land. Um, mm-hmm. This land where God's presence, you could still feel it in the air to this day. You could still sense the presence of God and the closeness of God amongst this land to this day. And so we go into this Mount Sinai area and we there's a Greek Orthodox church there that we go and check out. It's where like the burning bush was. Um, on your way walking, you see like the spot where they worship the golden calf. And just like all these Bible stories becoming real, like in front of your eyes, was so powerful. And before you reach the church, there's, of course, like security checkpoints and all these different things to make sure everyone's safe. And right next to the security checkpoints, there's this cafe. And we meet this man called Hamdi. And Hamdi was just a gracious, gracious man, so hospitable. But you could tell he was looking for something. You could tell he was so lonely. You could tell he was searching in his life like what what is the purpose of my life like why am i here and we we talk with him 
the first day we're in the Sinai area. And one of our team members who joined us, her name was Joyce. And she, she just shares with him like the love of Jesus in a super simple way. Mm-hmm. And she asked if he has back pain mm-hmm. and he says, yes. And so we're right there in the cafe. No one else is around. We just quickly pray for his back pain and all his pain leaves. And this, the look on his face was one of amazement and also one of shock. And he's like, okay, you guys need to sit down and explain all this because it's not part of the culture. It's not part of their religion where a personal God comes in and changes their lives for the better. And we sit down, we start talking with him and he's just asking all these questions about who we are, why we're here. And throughout all that, we get to share with him the gospel over and over again. And it was amazing to sense and to feel the zealous, what I would describe as the zealous pursuit of God for an individual. Yes. And you, it, for what, to me, Greg, what it felt like was God was just like knocking on the door mm. of his heart over and over again, wanting to come in, wanting to be close, but knowing that he's never going to force himself, but he's only going to come in when he's invited, but he's going to become so close so that he, he almost becomes irresistible to, to deny. And we're sharing the gospel with him. And God is just like, you could just tell like Hamdi, like in his own words, was experiencing the presence of God as we're sharing the gospel. He's like, I'm feeling something I've never felt before. And it's like, it's peace and it's comfort and security. And this is the first day. And as the first day begins to wrap up after talking to him, probably for like about an hour, hour and a half, just answering his questions, sharing with him. The Lord just says to me, one of his, in my heart, one of his legs is shorter than the other. Pray for him again. Mm. And I was like, Hamdi, do you have one leg shorter than the other? He's like, I don't know. So he's he's sitting down (laughs) in the chair and I'm like, can I check real quick? So I check and one of his legs is shorter than the other. And I said, Hamdi, I believe that in the same way that Jesus wants to heal your back, he wants to grow out your leg. And we pray for his leg to grow out. And Jesus grows out his leg so that they're even and so that he can walk even greater. And Amen. And it was so beautiful. And he saw the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, mm. grow out his leg in front of him. And we got to share like Hamdi, that wasn't Allah, that wasn't Muhammad, that was Jesus Christ. I said, oh, we, we didn't just share with him, like, Allah can't grow out your leg. Muhammad can't grow out your leg. That's not going to do it. And we got to share with him the gospel. Like, just again, like, it was just, I just felt like those, those five, three days were just a continual sharing of the gospel of the love of God to this man. And so we leave the next, we leave that day. And then the next day, I'll let Angel share this part. Like, something very interesting happens that just shows that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Yeah, and so the next day, he... um he goes back to his normal, his normal prayer routine, right? Um, the Muslims are very faithful to pray mm-hmm. uh, five times a day. And after his first morning prayer, um, the pain comes back. Um, mm-hmm. And um, while it was, it was important for us to honor him and honor his religion, honor his culture, honor his background, um, for him not to feel forced, um, there, was still, there was still that delicate balance of maintaining the message of the true gospel, right? That yes. there is no other name by which we are to be saved. Yes. Um, and telling him that um, it was, it was hard for him to hear because he had lived his whole life in this context right. of the fact that Islam, Islam was the way. Um, but the fact was that his, his body didn't lie and the demonstration of the spirit and power did not lie. Mm. Um, and so he, we wrestled with this for him for many days um, about a week, we saw him 
almost every day and would just talk with him and share um, who is Jesus. Um, and during during the conversations, it, it was found out that Jesus Christ um, had been appearing to him in dreams when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, he we had asked him because it's because it's so common in the Middle East. Jesus is so pursuing um, the people there. We hear so that many, over and over. Yeah. So many of them have dreams mm-hmm. in, of the man in white. And we would ask him, have you had dreams of the man in white with fire in his eyes? He goes, yes. How did you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we told him that that's Jesus. That's Jesus Christ, the son of God, um, pursuing you, wanting a relationship with you. Um, and it was just this repeated, like Dominic was saying, demonstration after demonstration. Um, members on our team would get words of knowledge about him um, as a child, um, things going on in his childhood. There would be um, words of knowledge about him, how he felt towards his ex-wife. Um, different things that were that were happening um, that was showing him that God was still in pursuit of him, even though he was um, going back to praying praying the prayers of Islam, um, even though he wasn't living out the Christian life. God was still after him, right? And I think that's like important for us to receive that, like even after we turn away from the Lord, he's still he's still running after us, right? He's mm-hmm. faithful even when we're unfaithful, um, and we saw that so consistently with um, so many of the people we ministered to. Folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, our amazing guests, Dominic and Angelo Rivera, sharing really uh, some amazing stories of God alive by simply saying yes to going where he led them, in this case, into Egypt. And appropriate maybe as we're into this Christmas season that Mary and Joseph uh, sent into Egypt. And this is maybe even a, a question a little bit perplexing that God could have done anything to keep them from having to go to Egypt. He could have softened the heart of Herod. He could have eliminated Herod with a lightning bolt, whatever. But the human circumstances, he doesn't keep us from those human, rugged, difficult circumstances. His hand is literally in the rugged circumstances. In their case, again, Mary and Joseph going into Egypt, he does Bethlehem even back it up a little bit, right? Why wasn't the room at the inn? You know, he's the all-powerful, omnipotent father. He could have, you know, somehow had somebody forget that there was a room at the inn and, oh, this one is free, whatever. But no, they the, the child Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem and they went into Egypt. So maybe a point for all of us right now that this life of faith is not one of being freed from uh, discomforts, if you will, but to encounter the comforter. I know there's so much more of this story to tell. How are you different? What are the main points that came from going into Egypt that you are moved to share with all of us who are listening right now? Um, I think the first point that's on my heart is the the harvest is ready. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many people who are simply waiting for someone to share with them the love of God. Um, and it's and it's not complicated. We didn't we didn't know the language. We were using Google Translate. <laughs> people were, people were awesome. literally giving their lives to Jesus. There are souls that God willing will be with him forever in mm. heaven because of the fact that we simply walked around and used a cell phone to share with them the fact that Jesus loves them and he cares about them. And so it does it's not complicated. You don't have to be a superstar. Um, but the the harvest is ready and the laborers are very, very few. There's not a lot of people going into the Middle East. There's not a lot of people going into China and Russia, into these places of persecution. But there are many, many souls that are simply waiting for a simple gospel. Mm. And the Lord will do the rest. We didn't really do a lot. We shared with people. We prayed with a few people. And the Holy Spirit came. 
and brought them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicted their hearts that he was the Lord. Um, and so if I had to add a punctuation, it would be um, ask the Lord um, where his call is for you. Ask him what he wants for you. Maybe he wants you to go by sending a missionary. Um, I know there are so many missionaries in the Middle East who are in need of support. Um, ask the Lord if he's asking you to financially support someone who's living over there full time um, because we got to come back to America. Thank God. Um, but there's people who devote their whole lives um, and some of them do get martyred. Um, and so where, how is the Lord asking us to finish the great commission? How is the Lord asking yes. us to make sure that all nations are baptized, taught the gospel, preached in the name mm. of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yeah. just to go along that, um, the great commission is the great commission and it's not optional for any, any believer. And as we were praying, and it's just been on my heart since we started this episode comes from Romans chapter 10 and starting at verse 13, I think this really sums up our hearts for really our lives, our missions and what God has for us. And it says this for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord mm -hmm. will be saved. But then Paul says, but how are men to call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? Mm. Just like those Muslims. And how are they to hear without a preacher? And how can men preach mm. unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful it is are the feet of those who bring the good news. Mm. And how can, what, if you were to translate that, it's how can anyone be saved unless people are sent? Mm. And as a church, it doesn't matter where we're sent to, but we are all sent. And we're all commissioned through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the gifts and graces of the Eucharist. We're literally sent every Mass. Go, therefore and there's always ascending after every mass in through the sacramental grace of confirmation that as catholics as believers we are called to go we're called to be sent and we are called to preach this glorious gospel mm. and for me I would, it's very similar to angel it's where are you where are you called to go where are you called to be sent and who are you called to preach to and knowing that jesus loves you and he loves the people that you speak to and he wants their souls more than we do and the love of god cast out all fear in our hearts and so jesus i thank you mm. Lord, i thank you for sending people through this episode brothers and for all who are listening just deeply touched by you choking up a little bit as i'm hearing you because emmanuel god is with us more than just a celebration right of a newborn king but we're called to live the newborn kingdom and I think it sets the stage for us in our movement, hopefully for all pastors, bishops, cardinals, the Pope, that this is what we're meant to do, to be the presence of Christ alive and active in the world today. You said yes to that, and he's equipped all of us faithful to do this. So, I mean, I think the word for me as I hear you speak is it's not enough to have admiration. We do have great admiration for your yes to God, but it's not enough to have admiration we're called to emulate and ultimately Jesus. Not just admire Jesus or the quote unquote holy people or saints of old. We are made of that stuff, the DNA of Christ and uh, and the saintliness. And we're meant to not just, boy, that's great and hear the stories, but brothers and sisters listening right now, let's open our hearts to the ways God is moving us to say yes to him in big ways, but certainly just ask the question, what's a small way? What's a wall maybe that stands between you and simply approaching a loved one right now who you know is in need, in physical need, suffering, emotional, to breach that chasm and to have confidence in the power of God to reach into that. I'm going to put you guys on the spot in a second to lead us in a prayer and land us. But before, folks, check us out at ilovemyfamily.us. It's a great proclamation and a website 
And our mission is really to see Christ alive in the context he gave us to be forged for him, to image him. Genesis 1:27. in his image, he made them male and female. Families are icons of the Trinity, not just an image, but they're meant to be these atmospheres, these contexts of knowing God. In the midst of our mess, the Messiah is in that. And we want to live that more fully, and we invite you to join us. So I love my family.us. And of course, there's a partner tab there. Please pray about just joining us, certainly with your prayers and your hearts, but uh, financially helping us continue this mission of awakening to our identity and mission in Christ. Rivera's, you're amazing. We love you. Why don't you land us in prayer? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for... Greg Schleter and for his family yes, and for God. what they're doing, Lord. We ask that you bless their ministry, Lord. We ask yes, that you bless Lord. their family, God. Mm-hmm. I thank you for the saints that they're raising up as yes, parents, God. Lord, and I pray that they would continue to grow in holiness and fear of the Lord. And Lord, for everyone listening, God, everyone under the sound of this voice, Lord, I pray that you fill them with a holy boldness and courage, God, to say yes to you wherever their mission is, God, whether it be the corners of the earth or their next door neighbor mm-hmm. or their family member, God. I pray for a holy boldness Mm -hmm. to share the simple gospel that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he became man, that he took on flesh, and that he suffered and died so Mm -hmm. that we might be with the Father forever. Lord, I pray that the simple gospel would go forth from everyone hearing this episode, Lord. Yes, God. That it would go forth, that there would be simple conversations happening, Lord, that it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to, thank you that it doesn't have to look glamorous, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I thank you that you are the evangelist, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit is the one sending us, Lord. I thank you that all we have to do is say yes, God. And I pray for simple yeses from regular people to flow from this episode, Jesus, that simple yeses would happen everywhere our feet go, Lord, that we would say yes at the grocery store, Lord, that we would say yes at the car mechanics, Mm. God, and that our lives would be one yes to you, Lord, and that you would never hear a no, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and equip everyone listening with the gifts of the Spirit, Lord, that the holy charisms of evangelization would fall, of prophecy, healing, signs and wonders, miracles. Lord, we pray for words of knowledge, God, for the reading of hearts, for the reading of souls. But most of all, Lord, we pray for your holy presence to come, that you would come and clothe us with the Holy Spirit and power from on high, God, that you might be glorified, Jesus, and your name might go to the ends of the earth. Lord, we thank you for the power of God. We thank you for the person Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we just come and invite you right now to become our most intimate friend, Mm -hmm. that we might grow in deep fellowship and relationship with you, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Mm -hmm. and come to know you and love you more and more all the days of our life, God. Mm -hmm. 